What is going on? This is Michael Hacker with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. On today's show, I am pleased to introduce to you Mark Anthony Spagnola. So Mark Anthony, or as I affectionately call him, M.A., joins us today to talk about being an all-around waterman. Um, we had a pretty good conversation. Joe even joined us and we bust some chops on Brian, who unfortunately could not join us due to a headache. So without further ado, I introduce you to Mark Anthony. That's fancy. Oh, yeah, it is fancy how it tells us that now. Gentlemen, welcome uh, to the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Today, we are joined by who I call affectionately M.A. M.A., good to see you, my friend. You too, man. Long time. It's been way too long. I, I was trying to think of the last time I saw you in, a, in person where I wasn't visiting you at a Hogito's. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, I think we went to Jimmy World's concert in what was it asbury park with no, nicole that, and was so, that the last time i saw you no that was definitely not the last time because i didn't even go to that concert we were supposed to go but i ended up i had to go to nationals for swimming down in maryland no i would say the last time i really remember was you and brian came down and we surfed in belmar back in like say like 2009 maybe 2010 oh crap that sounds yeah, about right. Morning. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I we, we we talked a little bit about Brian and I about the the early days of surfing, right? Uh, where I had my big yellow Matt Cachell board, and I, I don't think really anyone else had boards, and we would kind of all just take turns on the board and then you know push each other into the waves or whatever the hell we were doing back then. Um, yeah. But things really have come a long way. Um, you know, I before we kind of jump into stories a little bit, I, I wanted to kind of give a brief introduction to you. Um, you know, we do have Joe on the call for you listeners out there. Um, Joe, welcome, my friend. What's going on? And Brian is dealing with a little bit of a headache, so hopefully his uh, bitch ass joins us at some point. But <laughs> everyone yeah, shaking I mean, their head. Yeah, this is, you know... I'm very disappointed. I mean, I'm very happy to be talking to 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 you, Mike. But Brian, it's it's been a while with Brian. What he just got engaged, right? I was all excited yeah. to congratulate that, and now he's got a headache. Like, yeah, well, maybe he's got a headache because oh. he's engaged. I don't know. I, yeah, imagine <laughs> what happens, kids and everything. Right. Shit, uh, that headache gets really big. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they full blown meltdown before dialed in luckily my kids fell asleep it was bad <laughs> oh man but anyway yeah well yeah he's uh so hopefully he does join us but um mark uh you know you've got a lot of things going on you know over the years you know you you're a waterman first and foremost i'd say um you know you've got your chops with swimming back in high school college right um lifeguarding after that are mm -hmm. you still lifeguarding today um so this is, I'm right now I'm not this summer just because between selling the house, buying this new one and opening the new Hogitos, it was like, I couldn't dedicate like having free time to, you know, like I say, you got to pay me to sit on the beach. Um, so, but you know, I'm still heavily involved. I'm the vice president for our chapter, Monmouth County USLA. Uh, and I think maybe by August I'll hopefully be, uh, you know, toes back in the sand, sin wood. Um, but yeah, as of right now, I'm not on any beach patrol roster, but uh, hopefully that changes. 
Yeah, no, that's it was always cool seeing you when we come down to Belmar and uh, back in the day and you were lifeguarding there and uh, seeing you on the tower, right? Or on the stand, whatever you guys call it. And uh, yeah. it was definitely cool. But you've morphed from being really a surfer into being a paddler, right? So can you kind of explain to me a little bit about that transition? Yeah, so all right. So I would say I, I morphed from a swimmer so okay. yeah, to, to, to watermen. Um, and cause it's not just paddling. It's, it's just being on the water with everything. So I guess for anyone who's listening, so Mike and I, we all grew up in Bloomfield, uh, which I'm sure everyone's aware of it's Exus County, right? It's a little bit far from the shore. If, uh, if you're from up there, we're called Benny's to everyone from, uh, the, uh, the shore area. Um, you know, went to, I, I swam growing up competitive swimmer went to college for everything I graduated college and this is kind of this is literally like where you know a fork in the road type situation I I get home I had dated a girl for two and a half years we we break up right before college gets over it turns out she was cheating on me oh woe is me right I'm I'm home I'm like kind of miserable sitting in like you know in at my place with my mom and uh my mom just my mom goes to me you know if you're if i'm not getting laid here you're not getting laid here and i was like, I was like <laughs> what the fuck okay so i was like i was all pissed off and i was like we had a i had an aunt that had a condo in belmar she left it to, to my mother and my so like my mom says that. i was like i'm going to I'm going to the condo for a week i gotta i gotta try to get laid or something so i head down i'm at the condo um you know i, I have friends from college we're, we're meeting up and uh my one buddy Billy Swenson was like, Hey, there's tryouts on Saturday for Belmar beach patrol. If you want to do it. I was like, all right, cool. Why not? Like always wanted to like, like I had been a pool lifeguard, always wanted to be like a real, you know, a, a real lifeguard as honestly, as I would say now, um, I try out, I make it. I just like that day, it was a Saturday work started Monday, drove back up to, we're living in West Orange at the time, drove to West Orange, filled the car up, said goodbye to like black and blanco those guys and drove back down on sunday and pretty much that was that um started lifeguarding uh i was real you know having the swimming background is great but i was real green to the ocean i you know i thought i knew you know new things but i didn't and uh it's just kind of grown from there so got into surfing um stronger like i always had a drive where i tried but like being being down here getting on the water all the time um with lifeguarding expanded me to like uh surf life-saving racing and within that's kind of paddling and the the morph kind of another transition was in 2012 my friend from the beach patrol Ryan Matthews a real real competitor when it comes to um uh, lifeguard racing and all that he was on the he was on one of the world teams traveled to like South Africa to compete for team USA um he told us about this race called Molokai to Oahu and it's a it's a it's a paddleboard race they call it the world championship paddleboard racing and pretty much you start on the island of Molokai and you paddle to Oahu and you're crossing the channel bones the Kiwi channel which is the channel that uh Eddie Ikea actually like I don't want to say passed away in but just that was where the last place he was ever seen. You know, it's, it's a very dangerous, treacherous ocean. Um, 
or uh, channel because it's it's super deep, a lot of water moving there. Um, so so Ryan tells us about this. It's a 32 mile paddle. He's like, I want to do that. At the time, I was like, that's crazy. Like like I, I would never be able to do something like that. He that year goes and does this race called the Sea Paddle. It's a 26 mile paddle around the island Manhattan. Yeah. At that time in 2012, the course was you started at at uh where was it um was it the pier uh chelsea pier and you paddle to the brooklyn bridge um he did it and he won it and uh oh, wow. like holy yeah. shit okay like overall won it boom first time distance battling um the next year he goes and does molokai i'm like i'm sitting there like oh man it's like something i really want to do like that'd be so cool call my buddy i'm like i'm like yo danny like what if we did like a relay like like three years we trained we could do a relay he's like all right cool um 2013 that year i opened up hogitos uh that's a whole other story um a good story nonetheless yeah 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 (laughs) um and then what happened like i kept on i had i had some other friends do that sea paddle in 2013 i was like that would be something really cool i kind of want to do that it's 2014 rolls around and I'm like thinking I want to get into this. I want to start paddling. And like, so Ryan did it prone paddling and um, there's, there's stuff, you know, stand up paddling and prone paddling. Prone paddling is when you either paddle on your knees or your stomach. Um, And so my buddy had an extra sup board and he's like, Oh, why don't you try? We had this race down in like, it was in some lake in South Jersey. I forget. So it was like, it was right around this time, like July 1st, it was super hot. I remember, um, we go down there. I do this five mile race. I absolutely hate it. It's, it's hot. It's humid. I'm standing on this board. I'm surrounded by water, but I can't touch it. And I'm just like, this sucks. I I'm, that's it. I'm not doing, I'm not doing stand up anymore. I'm, I just, I need to touch the water. I'm a swimmer like prone way it is. Um, but I really want to do the sea paddle, which is like usually in the beginning of August. Ryan's in California at the time. He's actually, yeah, he went out there. He, he, he tried out, he, he got onto like a LA County lifeguard. Uh, he messaged me. He's like, my buddy's selling this board. He's in Delaware. <laughs> it's kind of messed up. But he's like, he's a dad boards for $2,500. He's like, why'd you tell him? Like, you know, money's tight. You're trying to have a kid. He'll probably knock down the price. I was like, all right, cool. So I messaged this guy. I'm like, Hey, like really interested. It's kind of expensive. You know, my wife and I are thinking about having kids. We got to save. He's like, say no more. Like I'll take 500 off. So it was, it was July 5th too. So he's like, meet me in Cape May. And so the board I was buying, so there's different divisions when it comes to, to uh, distance paddling or just paddle boarding in general, let's say prone paddling. So, uh, and I'll rattle off the, uh, the category. So a 10, six is uh, for like lifeguard racing. It's a smaller board. It's, it's more built for getting in and out of the surf. Um, then there's a stock board that's 12 foot. Then there's, and that's, you know, that's when we're getting into more distance, you know, 10, 10, six is just a quick sprint racing in and out of the surf. A 12 foot stock is when we're talking about doing more distance stuff. There's a 14 foot class. that's kind of for like bigger guys that sink on the 12. And then there's an unlimited and unlimited starts at like 15 feet. But most, the board I got was a, it was a Catalina model. It was, it was a bark. So Joe Bark is a shaper in California. Um, he's kind of got like a foothold on all paddle boards around here. But yeah, I got an 18 six 
Bark Catalina model drove down to the ferry. Steve Boyle walks on the ferry with this big board, hands it to me. I was like, all right, man, like, where's my money? I give him money. It's like, all right, I'll see you later. So I'm, I'm standing there in like the parking lot of the ferry, this like 18 and a half foot board. I had to borrow my buddy's like, like Honda Civic. No, no, it was like a CRV. I'm like, like strapping this thing on, like, you know, it's bigger. The board's bigger than the car. I'm like, well, like double the size get? of his CRV. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, yeah. I should find a photo of it. But I was like, what? What did I just get myself into? Like, knew nothing of it. Like a train. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, so awkward carrying the thing around. Like, you know, and like, I, I, I start training. I, I do the CPAL that year. I finish. Like, I was just training to finish. I wasn't training to race. Uh, did okay. Like, I mean, I got like there was only like five prone paddlers and I got, I got third, you know, Ryan did it that year. He won it overall of everyone. I've all the subs, but I, I remember like I finished, right. And it's 26 miles. It's a pretty cool race, but like, you know, doing anything like for that distance, the first time, like it's like emotionally breaking. Like it was very like, like you, you have this weird, like, sense of like your euphoria that kind of like rushes over you and like i remember i was, I was getting out and, th- and the race had changed the direction actually you start underneath the brooklyn bridge you go east river to the harlem and then down the hudson and the biggest like mind fuck of that race is you make when you come out of the harlem and you see the the george washington bridge and you're like all right cool like there's two there's two things here so when you come out of the harlem you're actually only halfway there and you're like huh I got another 12 miles to go. And then like the George Washington bridge is like kind of there and you're like, all right, sweet. You don't realize how massive that bridge is. And it takes you like an hour and a half to paddle to it from like getting out the Hudson. And like, that's like, it just like kind of breaks you there. You're like, oh, uh, and you finally get there and it's kind of cool. It's a really cool perspective. Like you're underneath it, it's like 200 feet up. You're like, you know, you, not many people get to see the, the bridge from that angle. But anyway, um, no. I'm like going a mile a minute here. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Finish that race. Uh, my wife looks at me. She's like, "All right, like, are you good now? Can we sell this board?" I was like, "No, you got like, this out I'm of your system, Mark. Let's it. go, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "No, let's keep going." And uh, you know, here we are. Uh, I, I've chased the rabbit down the hole pretty far. I've besides have you Pro done the race in Hawaii yet? Malachi. Oh, so I, it's like my white whale, right? I get into it in 2017. It's a very expensive race. Let's just put it this way. You have to, every paddler has their own charter boat. You have to have your own support team. So that's like $1,000 right there. You got to get to Hawaii. That's some money. You have to fly to Molokai, stay at Molokai for a day. You got to, logistic. anyway, it becomes between a six and an $8,000 race. Um, I get in 2017. My wife's like, what are you doing? We can't afford that. So I defer. Um, that year, though, I had trained really hard. I uh, I won the Cape to Cape, which was a paddle from Delaware to Cape May. And I, I won the sea paddle prone that year. Not overall, but prone. And I celebrated too hard, and my wife got pregnant. So 2018 was shot because <laughs> we had just had a baby. Celebrate um, too hard, and, and my wife got pregnant. I like that. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> You're freaking ridiculous, um, so, man. I love yeah, it. Tw- 2018 couldn't go to Molokai. 2019 all right that, this is gonna be my year i'm gonna do it we're all set you know maddie's two and a half lily's old enough we're fine 
Uh, my wife actually got sick. She uh, she got diagnosed with breast cancer January of 2019. So I remember this too. We were sitting in the cafe and I was like, well, I guess Molokai's out. And she's like, no, no, like I, I want you to do Molokai. Like I'm going to go through this. We got to focus. I'm like, I'm like, no way. Um, but with all that being said, I actually use paddling a lot to kind of uh, just clear my mind. Like I would go super early, like five in the morning, get on the water. Ryan would, Ryan would actually like text me like, he's like, don't be a pussy, get fuck out of bed, let's go. Yeah. So we trained a lot and I had a great year. I actually, him and I ended up winning the sea paddle. We tied. So like, for, first of all, it was crazy. Like him and I battled out and like, to put it correct, Ryan had won the sea paddle, I think five consecutive or four consecutive years overall. Uh, he lost in 2016 to Kai Lenny who came to do the race and he kind of gave up prone pound, but we got back in it. So him and I battled that and we like, at one point in the race, I, I come on past him and I'm like, like he, he says the best. He's like, I turned him. I was like, dude, I'm going to, well, God, I'm like all over the place. But what happened was a week before the sea paddle, my wife found out that her lumpectomy had failed and she had to have an emergency um, mastectomy. And so like my head was like, just, I was all fucked up uh, yeah. going into that race. And like, I, I wasn't even going to go. I was going to, you know, I, I, I got up there, I was going to Uber home and she's like, no, do it. And so like, I just, I started paddling like at the start and I just wanted to feel pain. Like I wanted to feel anything, but what I was feeling right now. And I, I just went really hard. I started to crash, hit a good wall in the Harlem. The sub guys started past me. I, uh, I like, and then it hit me. I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm not going to let that happen. Like, you know, I was like, you know, fuck it. Like, you know, she needs some like positive thing. I was like, I'm going to win this race overall. I'm going to do this for her. And I just like hit this like gear, like, like it's a weird gear that I haven't even been able to like find since then. But like, I just took everyone out as I'm passing around. I was like, dude, I'm winning this for Emma. And he was like, go. I'm like, we're, like five miles from the finish. He starts kind of sneaking back up at me. We start battling out, like jockeying for position. And finally he turns, he's like, he's just like, yo, you want to tie this? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And so we actually just paddled together, like smiling the whole way, crossed hand, across the finish line, like holding hands, like, and like, it's, we still talk about, it. it's like one of like the, our favorite moments. Cause like no one's ever really done that. And uh, it was just like, you know, it was, it, it was just like something really special. And uh, anyway, so we're talking about, but, so then I got, Oh, sorry. Hold on. Mike. But um, if we, if we can, I, I mean, I think that's, that's something that's really like important, right? What motivates us yeah. in our pursuits, right? I think, you know, Joe and I talk about this a lot. And Brian, if he ever joins us, we can hit on it with him, right? I'll a little, little dig at him since he's not here. Um, but you, yeah, you if you're listening, Brian, obvious... call in. Yeah, Brian, call in. <laughs> um, but we, you know, you, you have this drive behind us what causes us to do things right and you're saying you yeah. needed that escape and that's why you were out there on the water at 5 a.m paddling pretty much daily right leading up to this uh, you know massive new york city paddle um and i could only imagine what it was you were going through and i know you know you and i hadn't really i didn't know a lot of this until later on um and just through social media, but the way that that stuff affects you and kind of messes with your brain as you're competing is something that, 
you know, anyone who's an athlete or anyone who competes would be able to tell you that you hitting that wall is pretty much what happens, but you persevered. And I think that's something that is really a testament to who you are and your ability. And then how you came back and actually, you know, you said halfway through, so another 13 miles. You had At least, yeah, it was in up. the Harlem. It was probably, it was probably more like, well, with like any distance race, I always say if, if there's not some point in, in that race that you question everything you've ever done in life that brought you to this moment to do this event, then you're not doing something right. Like if you're actually enjoying it, cause like every race, I'm just like, why am I out here? Why am I doing this? This is, this is so stupid. Like, like yeah. what's the purpose of this? I, I know. Um, Go ahead, Joe. Oh, yep. uh, you're, you're all he's, he's in he's in the middle of a storm, there we go. is that better, <laughs> That's better yeah, buddy. Yeah. marathon runners say that a lot too that if, while running a race like if you don't question everything then you're not doing it right like should it be doing it i've heard yeah my ex-wife's no. mom runs marathons and she would say that all the time yeah it's it's, it's honestly the truth like it's it's weird and yeah like yeah, every race I've done. So there's like three big races on the East Coast. There's the Dean, which is it's a 22.5 mile paddle around the island of Seacon Island, which is uh, Atlantic City. So you um, and it it was started for the Dean Randazzo Cancer Foundation. Um, if you you know if anyone's listening that doesn't know who Dean Randazzo is, he was yeah. I mean, arguably like the top surfer that ever came out of New Jersey. He was actually on the world tour. He's had a few battles. Uh, bouts with cancer uh they the foundation uh raises money and donates it to families uh you know dealing with uh cancer um but and and that race was designed to like like push you it's it's a really tough race um we we did it this year and um it it, well this year i did in 2019 and that was uh that was really new a unique year like no we kept the not that we kept the cancer thing like emma's cancer quiet but it just wasn't we played it close to our, our chest like we weren't putting it out there it just wasn't uh we just didn't feel comfortable i guess like sharing it's a personal it. like, it's a personal yeah. thing i i couldn't imagine going through that i i i don't think i would put it out there either honestly like that i yeah. i that's i don't know you're no yeah yeah and the um What's funny at that race, um, there's another race called the Cape to Cape. Um, it's changed a little bit since then, but that's run by the DeSatnick Foundation. Um, Chad DeSatnick broke his neck back in like 2000 surfing. Uh, he recovered. The DeSatnick Foundation raises money for people suffering with spinal cord injuries. Um, the DeSatnick, the Cape to Cape was a race from Delaware to Cape May. Literally, we would get on the ferry in Cape May, cross it, get off with your board. You paddle it back. Um, I've been lucky enough. I've done the DeSantis race for five years. In 2020, they changed it and they paddled around Cape May because of uh, COVID restrictions and everything. And we just had the race again this past Sunday. And it was a, they've changed that name to Around the Cape. So the DeSantis Foundation does two different races. It's the Cape to Cape and, or Around the Cape, depending on uh, – you know how COVID, and then there's a sea paddle. Those are like the big, the big three. And uh, so, where was it? Yeah, 2019. I'm at, I'm at the Dean. Like you know, 
Emma's going through treatment, everything, you know, we're, we're still on a positive note with everything. And Chad comes up to me, like, right before the race, man, he, like, he doesn't mean to, like, Chad doesn't mean to get in my head. We're, we're friends. And he, he says, he, he brings up Emma, Emma having cancer. I'm like, dude, I, I don't want to talk about this shit right before I'm about to yeah. do this. Like, it got my head, but that was a good race. I got third, I got fourth overall third prone that year. Uh, Ryan won it. Uh, this guy, we call him Canadian Dan, uh, Dan Malarkey from Canada. He's he's a great paddler, too. He's done Catalina, Molokai a bunch of times. Uh, he always comes down for the Dean. He got second. And, yeah, I got uh, third to him. And then uh, 2019, yeah. Yeah, and then we had the, the sea paddle was the beginning of August. And then the Cape to Cape was, like, towards the end of August. Oh, what happened? Did we lose Joe? We we lost Joe. It's all good. He'll jump back in. He's he's a man on the move as always, Joe. But let's if, if we can uh, jump in on that. So you you go and you do these these races, right? We talked a little about Molokai, right? Um, being yeah. your white white whale, um, something that obviously takes a serious amount of, of well, financial so, wait, and, let me and planning. About this real quick. Yeah. I get in like twenty twenty is my year, right? I'm on this like training program like it's going really great you know i already have my boat lined up i have a place to stay in malachi and then like COVID hits yeah of course and knocks me out and like i already wrote out 2021 i think because the, the race is it's very heavily like the australians usually win it so it's it's an international race so even this year when people are like oh i think it's gonna be on i was like no like you gotta look at like the overall race like australian borders are still closed like yeah. I don't think they'll run a race if they can't do that. So, like, I already wrote it off. So, you know, I'm saying now 2022 will be my year. But, um, you know, there's well, a lot you, of time. 13 what months. What do you do for training for this? So, like, you know, hold on. Before, before we do that, let's let's kind of set the – we kind of jumped in and started telling, you know, the stories of stories, paddling yeah, and getting sorry. into it. But so paddling, to, to me, like, you know, I never knew that prone paddling was really a thing, right? Like, we know, of course, stand-up paddle paddlers, right? We, we used to make fun of them all the time in the lineup, like, oh, look at these kooks. Yeah. And, you know, what are you doing? Um, so now that's obviously blown up. And I think everyone in the world knows what stand-up paddleboarding is, right? Um, yeah. Prone paddling, you, you're saying you're, you're kneeling on the board. You're using your arms to paddle this 18-foot this yeah. board is what you said, right? To yeah the, the unlimited. yeah the unlimited is anything over 15 and it has a rudder so i actually there's a rudder that i steer with my feet with wow. it and um there's even different models but um yeah so prone paddling though is like the oldest of paddling right prone paddling has been around forever if you think about it, like that's how like you know it it, it it came around before surfing you know it wasn't yeah. like someone like started surfing then i was like oh i should start prone paddling no prone paddling right. was before anything and uh right. i actually think if you're a surfer and you're not if you want to get better or stay stay in shape prone paddling is great because it just keeps you on the water and it keeps you active and keeps you paddling so like you know especially in the winter and stuff like when you're wearing the five mils you're you're in shape to be able to be out there and handle you know be able to 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 you surf better you know it's cross training pretty much for yeah. surfing um but you're asking like how, like what's a training like what's training yeah, for that so 
so like you know i <laughs> i i hate cardio like why well, i joke about that all the time i i do um and i look at training programs for we'll say running a marathon um you know i think that long term that's that's a cool goal to have is to do something with distance and kind of train yourself to to overcome the inner bitch right um that mm-hmm. you have this fear i just have no interest in doing more than a mile at a time sometimes, right? Your brain can't comprehend doing distance if you've never done distance. Um, but you go out on the water that first year. Let's compare what your training looked like that first year as compared to what it is now today. What were, oh. what were your thoughts going into it? You're just hitting the water and doing like a mile at a time? What was it? Yeah, so... Yeah, I guess the first, yeah, the first year was like getting on the water. I tried to go three times a week. Um, and yeah, I just would go and paddle. Um, and it was kind of more of like survival, like to, to, to just paddle and and get yourself ready. Um, if you, the biggest thing with like anything distance and, you know, I don't know how much this carries over with running, but with, with paddling, there's the element of the ocean, you know, like it's, it changes all the time. So like to say, I'm going to go out and paddle for three miles. That could be, you could paddle three miles in 20 minutes. If you're, you know, with the current or something in the back bay or if it's flat, or it could take you two hours to paddle three miles because you're fighting the current, let's say. Yeah. So the idea is you got to figure out like for New York, like for a 26 mile paddle, I know that's going to land me anywhere from like between four hours and four and a half. Um, sometimes conditions, it, it could be worse, but you have to train your body to be able to do something for that long. So I've learned it's more about time spent on the board. So like, and these programs are do also interval training is really big, right? Instead of just going doing, you got to do zone training, you got to work in, you know, there's five different zones. Like zone one is like the easiest like you're not breaking a sweat. It's a warm up. Zone two is you can have a full conversation. It's almost like like jogging or speed walking. You know, and then you have zone three, which is elevated heart rate. There's, you know, starting to sweat. It's kind of like it's like a race pace. And then, yeah. you know, four and five are like all out. Like so you, you work in between all those zones, you do interval training, and that's just gonna get you faster. But then within that, you should also be doing a distance race a week, a distance paddle week. So like usually it starts, you know, early in the season, like, you know, 90 minutes, two hours, you're working up to like three hours. Yeah. Like if, if I'm doing a four hour race, like I'll try to get like a three hour paddle in before it just to wake my body up to it. But it's all, and there's a lot of cross training too. I swim three days a week and then like besides prone paddling, I got into, I actually had an outrigger canoe at one point. I got more into surf skis and I'm on the water on like a surf ski. Hmm. So I'm either like swimming, paddling or surf skiing, like in some rotation during the week. So it's just like, you know. And are you swimming in the, are you doing open water swims for your training or are you doing uh, in, in the winter? It's in the pool. Now, we were up to like four practices a week and then it's kind of cut back in the pool because the, the guy that runs it, 
he pretty much trains like triathletes. Okay. So they start doing open water swims, but we don't really swim with them, but we start doing our own uh, ocean swims, like at least once a week, like run, swim, runs. It's not just like straight swimming. Again, it's a lot of interval stuff. Like we're doing run, swim, runs where, you know, you work in the surf zone or, you know, you're doing box courses and you're, you're adding the running element too. But again, it's a lot of this is like life sur- uh, surf racing base because mm-hmm. um, the transition is like between the, you know, beach and the water, the transition is like what's going to crush you. Like going from a run into the water, like it's, you know, you're hitting like one muscle group and then all of a sudden you're in the next and yeah. your body's just like, what are you doing to me? I, I always yeah. find it funny I when I go fishing down at Sandy Hook, it, oh, pretty much any morning you go there, there's a group of people that do ocean swimming, like open water swimming yeah. in, in the cove there. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, I was there in the middle of winter and they were doing it. I was like, you people are nuts, man. Like, Yeah, there's there's a group. They're, they're called like the Sandy Hookers or something. They, they go all the time. And then there's this like row group where we kind of make fun of this guy. Like his name's Curtis. He like... He always comes to me like, oh, it was chaotic, chaotic out there. I'm like, what are, what are you talking about? Like, we, <laughs> like our own swim group kind of mocks, but like, you know, the the now that we're doing some overwater swims and like on cold mornings, I'm like, I like, I'm like, all right, Curtis, you only did you know 500 yards. I respect that. You you still got in the water when it was this cold. Like, I, yeah. I, I get you now, man. Yeah, like, I, but uh, yeah, I it, I went a couple times fishing. And I'm like in winter time, and you're like, holy shit, man! Like, I don't know how you get in. The, I don't care if I never got into winter surfing, so I'm not like I don't know. I think I've tried it once with the five mil, and I I paddled out, and I was like, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm paddling in because I'm gonna die out here. Like, there's yeah. no way I'm gonna survive. Like, I'm already winded, done. Like, but I, you're. I know it's. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. I was gonna say, but you're you brought up a really cool point right like how what you're doing translates so well with regular surfing right because obviously like you see all these guys come out with like these cool little ways of training for for surfing right on the off season or the mm-hmm. you know the summer lulls or whatever and they have these machines that help them paddle and it's like if you did get into this if you got into prone paddling you wouldn't have to worry about that right like any time spent on the water is better than sitting in your living room um doing some sort of oh. silly size yeah 100 percent. like yeah time spent in the water exactly like just staying active and like i mean i won't like i'm now like i'm a little bit older i'm a little bit more jaded like i i won't prone paddle if i have to wear like gloves like i probably will <laughs> starting going into training yeah for molokai because like but like it, they become like sandbags because they fill up with water it's just different feeling but that's why like i surf ski so like that keeps me on the water and like the one thing we haven't even talked about is like downwinding, um, which I, downwinding or riding bumps, it's pretty much you're surfing in in open water. It's it's wind swell and ground swell. Like the ideal is like the wind and the swell direction line up together, and it causes pretty much like like you would look at the beach and you'd see whitecaps, but those are those are waves in the ocean, and right on our equipment we can catch those, but it's it's a skill to learn how to read the water and like how to navigate that and like molokai is a is a technical race where it's it's a downwinder but it's usually not the right conditions there's like the swell and the wind kind of doesn't line up and you got to like tack into into the bumps but like 
I've learned from from surf skiing because you're sitting up. For anyone listening, a surf ski is I, I describe it as a ocean kayak and steroids. Um, the shortest one starts at like 19 feet. They have unlimiteds that are like 21 feet. They're super oh, light. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it kind of like a is it like a crew boat almost? Like as far as like length and shape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say a little bit. Yeah, okay. but it's you know, but because you're sitting up, you can kind of see the water better, and since you're using a paddle, you know, you have that little bit more. You don't have to work as hard to get in, but like I've learned, like it's translate it's translated over to prone pounds. So I've learned how to read the water better by surf skiing. So like now, like this year, I used to kind of dread, like I my board my prone board is it's a Catalina model, which C- Catalina is an island in California. They they have a race that's from Catalina to Manhattan Beach. It's like thirty miles. It's pretty much a flat water race. So it's a very long water line board so pretty much all the like there's not a lot of rocker in it it's narrow it's thin but for a molokai board or a downwind board you want something that has more rocker in it because it's going to sit in the bump better like you're not going to dig your nose yeah and like i said my board's a catalina so like i've always dreaded like i I never handles well in the in the water for me like i'm always like I found myself always fighting in and like after like doing two years, two seasons in the winter with on my surf ski, like this year's Mullah, uh, this year's Dean had pretty good conditions in the ocean and I had him in prone paddling out, but it just, it was working for me. I was, I was able to, to just get onto these runs, go forward the board. I wasn't fighting the board. We were working together. And, it, you know, I wasn't in as great shape, so I would miss some bumps just because I didn't have the energy to to get on. It's kind of like to, to get onto a bump, it's like, it's like, think about like, you're like, do you do like a 10 second sprint and then you cruise for like five seconds and then you got to sprint again, you know? So it's, mm. you, you have to like, you get some rest, but you got to like have that like, like burst of energy and like, you're not training for it. You're, you're just going to, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to get every burst out there. But that's, but, that's um, the interval training and how that comes into play, right? And you're training your heart rate variability so that you can, you know, kind of have that momentary rest so that you can have the energy to then do the bump as you called it. Right? That's an interesting. Yeah. Term. Catching the runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if anyone's wondering, uh, Mick DeBetta is, he's this Australian, he, he was a life-saving guy. He's actually the first, he did the first Molokai ever. He won it on the Chrome board. Uh, he has a training program called Just Paddling. And uh, yeah, it's all interval training. Um, and that's kind of like the program kind of followed. And like, it, it, it's similar to stuff we were doing prior, but it's just kind of nice to like get your hands on, you know, someone like he Jamie Mitchell's um uh, uh coach and you know I, i'm sure everyone knows jamie mitchell for good way of surfing but yeah. before that jamie mitchell had one molokai 10 years in a row he was he's arguably like you know one of the greatest athletes of all time you know like to yeah. be able to to compete at that level and win for 10 years in a row like that's incredible you know yeah, yeah. jordan hasn't even done it like slater hasn't so like 
they argue that he is the best because, like, you're talking about, like, you know, injuries, like getting sick and somehow being able to show up on race day every year and win it. Um, there's a documentary called uh, Decade of Dominance, which is his documentary. It's really interesting to watch, but he he was – that's what he was doing before he got into big wave surfing. And then when he retired from paddling, he, he started – he just – could, you know, was living at sunsets and could, could you imagine could you imagine re- retiring air quote and then going into big wave surfing like oh, i'm done paddling i'm just gonna you know now as as a man our age decide i'm getting into big wave surfing for the first time in my life you mad man that is insane well, michael funny you bring that up <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of where i'm gravitating towards i um i had a really good like surf winter this year and uh i went out like I had two really there's December first swell, which I won't give out locations, but we were served this one spot and it was like not being like double overhead, like it jacked up we were out there and like it was just one of those like it, it just like I just loved everything about it. And then I surfed Christmas Day, got out, and that was like triple and like the board I had I was serving like a six two mental um what a, a, a Oh, what's the shit? Uh, not a. He has a Shogun, but I had the the fun gun because it was a little bit bigger. It's kind of like not as performancey, but like just wasn't even enough boards. Now he is shaping me. Should be being glass now, like seven four double alpha. But then like I'm already like planning. I'm getting. I think I'm getting like a nine two, pretty much a gun. Like my my goal is I want to start getting down to like trace palms yeah. and try my you know try big wave like that would be like my introduction into it kind of like uh, that's bigger man than me Mark. first you're bigger man than me man <laughs> holy shit i i that's the first it's, first i've heard it in and that is i've got nothing but complete utter respect for big wave surfers i i there's nothing scarier in the world, I think, than not like going into a situation. Now I snowboard and you know you like snow sports as well, but yeah. like you snowboard a mountain, the mountain's not trying to kill you. <laughs> the ocean, the ocean, yeah. it will in, inadvertently for some unknown reason all of a sudden just jack you up. And I think that's really what kind of stopped me from surfing as much as I had. I, I got tossed pretty bad during a hurricane uh geez about a decade ago and tore up my elbow tore up my shoulder and i never really got back in the water like i had been i mean we were going almost every week surfing and you know for being in north jersey driving down the shore you know you're not doing it every day it's impossible now where you live it's it's great um because you're you're at the shore um but you know one day a week is a lot that's a lot of time on the water right um, and now I always liken myself to being somewhat of a strong swimmer, but you know, the ocean has other prerogatives sometimes, right? You know, it comes down to like, and I'm, I'm trying to teach these to my, to my girls too. It's, I mean, yeah, like learning how to swim and being a strong swimmer is great. It's about being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And that's what it comes down to. Like you have to learn to literally just be comfortable and uncomfortable like you're you're gonna get held down you just have to relax you have to like you you just have to learn to like be okay in that and it's tough and with any of that like you know like i mean with the ocean though like the energy like there's just something bad like i I mean i'll 
like hurricane swells like I'll, i like to go out with fins because like hurricane swells usually it's the wrong direction it's it's closeouts but like body surfing that like i don't know there's just something about the energy and the feel it's stuff and but i you know i'm starting to feel my own age and like getting older like not bouncing back the next day as easily yeah like, pretty pretty sore and pretty pretty mangled need to do more yoga yeah you know, get <laughs> we more, all we all need more yoga in our lives get that more is for sure turmeric in my uh in my system um but yeah I, it's just coke 10 and all that other stuff right exactly you know some essential oils um it's uh, you've been talking to my mother haven't you <laughs> <laughs> i but it, you know i to dwell on that for a minute so like you know you are a hundred percent correct. And, you know, I took up jujitsu starting, uh, you know, two years ago now. And, um, it's very, the parallels of this is why like a lot of pro surfers do jujitsu because the parallels between getting comfortable and being uncomfortable and having a big dude freaking hold you down and smother the crap out of your face. You feel like you're being held underwater for all intents and purposes, right? You feel like you're choking, you're gasping for air you can't freaking do it and the worst thing for you to do in those situations and this is the thing that it's taught me is is like don't freak out just literally calm down calm your mind and just just breathe you know and control your breathing just control your breathing just slow everything down because when you try to take those gasps that's what's going to kill you in the long run Um, yeah like think about like like if you get into a car accident right like you get whiplash because you're trying to fight against like inertia, right? Like your, your muscles lock up because you don't want to do it. And they say like, if you just go with it, like you'll be okay. So it's like, you just can't fight. it. You have to like go with the flow, which is so cheesy to say, but. But, but yeah, there's that, something it, to be said about that. Like uh, what Bruce Lee would say, uh, be like water, right? Uh, you, mm-hmm. It's so cliche to say, but it is so true. If you just shut the fuck up and just kind of, you know, calm your brain and, and breathe, or if you're underwater, just yeah. hold your breath and, and take a moment to kind of get your surroundings and you'll be okay. And I think um, I, hopefully one of these days I'll be back to, you know, being okay with being in the water fully. Um, you know, it is one of those things like I don't get much time to be down the shore. Um, I wish I could you uh, just move here. Do what I did. <laughs> I, well, yeah. We have that? moved all over the place and we always get drawn back. Cause like my wife grew up in Belmar, but like when we first, we moved to West orange and then we moved back to Belmar, hurricane Sandy hit. We ended up in Broadway and then she got into grad school and moved down to Philly and we were in Philly for two years. But like, we always come back here. Like we, we always talk, like we could go anywhere and we're always like, I, I love Philly. Like Philly's a great city, but like I was going, I was going stir crazy. Like I couldn't, yeah. I, I can't be, you know, away from the ocean and you know, yeah, it's just Southern common. Like, to, like, so like I said, la- last night was our first night in the new house of so this morning. I took the dogs for a walk and like we're five blocks from the beach now and I'm walking up and I see it and it's just like this like sense of like joy just came over like just like oh we're we're back here like yeah. it, was, it was you know and like it, for for my wife like she grew up in this town and Belmar is now a very it's a crazy market right we were, ta- we were yeah. talking about this yesterday right like and so like you know I I mean don't I I don't know how you feel like 
I guess growing up, I was always like with Bloomfield and stuff. I was like, oh, like I always saw like, oh, if you don't get out, like, like you know, what's wrong with you? You know, you're still in the same town. Like you have to go explore. But like now, it's like more of like, like a sense of honor that you're able to like afford or be able to live in the town you grew up in because like you know, situations have drastically changed. Like her parents, like they bought a house for like, like pennies like for yeah. two blocks away from the beach back in the early 90s now it's like you know the lot alone is like insane and it's like how well that's the other thing too right how can you how can you keep a town the same if you're forcing the people that grew up here out you know and it's like uh, it's a weird uh, we're getting off subject or i'm getting off no subject. i, I don't think whole, you're getting off subject i think we we've hit on this with the whole situation in deal for example right and and the mm. whole situation with the surfers there and you know this is hitting the news you know, again i think i saw it recently you know you know i ran deal beach patrol for a year right yes yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yes yes i do you lucky lucky bastard here. yeah <laughs> no, i was not man i'm busting that your chops there but that town has, town has issues yeah, no, I, every town's got issues. Let me tell you that. In, yeah. in working with the work that I do, I see all sorts of towns and cities and you just kind of shake your head. You're like, wow, we is this the best humanity can do? But I think what you're saying is, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth because I kind of feel similar, I think, yeah. uh, right about where I live. Uh, it's something beautiful about waking up and being able to look out into you know the mountains and trees here. And yes, for those of you who are listening, we do have mountains and trees in New Jersey. Everything's not the Jersey Turnpike. I, I can vouch for that, but I, I'm with him. I got to be by the beach. I mean, I've been telling Michael to move down south for years and years and years, but eventually yeah. the whole, whole cave. Eventually. Cave, but maybe. it's so busy down here. Like, like, I mean, that's why I like down here in the winter because it's like I almost want to live here in the winter and then get a lake house for the summer to get away, yeah. away from the crowds. Oh, it gets insane but, down there. Yeah. You no, know, but like, so we lived in, we've lived in Wall for the past like five years very nice very quiet like you know but like you can't ride your bike anywhere there's no town you have to drive everywhere getting back here and like the energy of being in belmar and just being in like a neighborhood it's like like revigor like it, it like rejuvenates you almost you know like yeah we're <laughs> we live like around the corner from like boathouse right now so we i mean it was torrential downpour we were gonna walk there but we like you know drove around the corner and went went to boathouse and funny enough my wife and i are sitting there like you know with their kids and we're like like oh man this brings us back like you know 10 years ago a little bit different like we weren't here at like you know six o'clock for dinner we were here at like 10 o'clock for pat Roddy. you you ready (laughs) you ready for some bar a and uh what is it uh what's the other beat the clock djs no yes actually we love djs like we call it the mecca down here i mean well mike i'm just gonna say save the date January 8th. I can't give any more details, especially to anyone on this podcast, but say the date, January 8th. Um, no, we love, like, DJs, DJs, like, people hate it, but like, oh, there, there's nothing else like it. Like, if you ever get a chance, like, I would say go to Happy, oh my god, Mike. It's so- insanity. I know, I will say that. Joe, have you been to DJs? When, yes, when I you have. went to April's Beach House? Yeah? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I've been you there more than like- once. Yeah. I always think the Friday happy hour is the best, right? Like free, they give you like, it's, it's a free buffet, free drink, first drinks free. Like, you know, if, if you're in there after dark, it's, well, it used to be like that now, like, I don't know, 
it's crazy by four o'clock in the afternoon now, but you know, I, oh, it's, it's, it's a great energy. It's, it's fun. I don't know. I, I love it. It's been around forever. It was like my, my mother went there when she was like young, you know, like hopefully my kids get to go there. Like it's, it's, oh, it's DJing forever. Yeah. And but, bar eight, beat the clock. I might go there next Tuesday. Why not? Let's go, Mike. Yeah, come boy. on. Yeah. Come on. Why not? Next Tuesday? Sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see what we can do. I, I'll be, uh, I'll take a trip down after work. You, so you, let's pivot in a, you know, we've been at this for about an hour now, so I want to be respectful sure. of everyone's time. Uh, it's always great catching up. Obviously we lose track of time. I have all if, the time in the world. <laughs> we know you got all the time. <laughs> Joe. Um, but you, so you're back in Belmar, you own Hogitos. For those of you who do yeah. not know Hogitos, Hogitos is probably one of those spots in New Jersey that you need to go to if you are a foodie. Um, the original is in Asbury Park, and you are now well, also... We, we closed Asbury in 2018. I'm saying the original was, original was, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the original... Sorry, go, go on, Mike. No, no, please. I was going to ask you to give us a, an overview on oh. Hogitos a little bit and where you guys are. And yeah, so Hogitos, it started off as a. It's not. It wasn't a truck. It was a. It was two freight trailers welded together on the Asbury Park boardwalk. We opened up in 2013. The concept was small, was tapas style sandwiches, gourmet sandwiches. Uh, we have now since 2016 we opened up a brick and mortar in Belmar. Like the 10th burrito, and we've kind of gravitated more towards fried chicken and other crazy sandwiches. Um, we've gotten a lot of great publicity over the years. On um, when we were on the boardwalk, we had been named top boardwalk food of 2014, places to try before you die, top dishes of that year. Um, shifted towards top fried chickens. Um, I think it was 2019 the strip mall we're in got named the best food strip mall in New Jersey. This is all by like the star ledger, uh, NJ.com. Um, we are now opening another location in ocean Oakhurst area. Um, and I'm actually tomorrow morning, I'm looking at some spots down South in uh, point pleasant and Manasquan area. So we're really trying to make a run. You're breaking up now. a little bit there, Mark. We do, we do sandwiches and sandwich. Oh, sorry. I, oh, we do no, you're sandwiches good. and sandwich yeah. accessories. Oh. Oh. How, and, how uh, did you get into that? Uh, it just you fell into it kind of deal? Just out so drinking a night and like, let's start this up and do it? Kind of. So uh, my more of my backstory was my father owned the town pub in Bloomfield for like 20 years, right? So I have a little bit of restaurant history in my blood um, in summer of 2012 i was at my in-laws house we were all kind of drinking it was my my father-in-law and my two brother-in-laws and you know at the time my my father-in-law was a lawyer he was he was part of a practice but he kind of wanted to go out for his own and we were all talking about like things we want to do right and i was in a weird limbo spot i had gone to school for radio tv film I, i at the time i'm with msg varsity doing photography um but we're we're starting this conversation like what do we want to do and my brother-in-law Terrence, who's in who's in undergrad at the time, in Boston University, going for like exercise science or something, says he wants to open up a gourmet sandwich shop. And I had said I always want to own my own bar restaurant. So 
I, I take his like gourmet sandwich shop thought and I'm like, how do you get people in there? You know, like what, where's the foot traffic? How do you, how do you get people through the door? Uh, gears start turning. We, my wife and I were talking about our honeymoon. We had been to Spain. We're talking about tapas. I am a Libra. I cannot make decisions. Whenever it comes to food, I, I want to try a few things, right? So like tapas was like, tapas was the best. You can order half the menu and you try everything. So it clicks. I'm like, what if we did tapas style sandwiches where you can order a few, right? So you can get the Italian, you can get the turkey, you can get the tuna if you want. You know, you can try all three. Small, great. Pitch it to Terrence. Terrence is like, I hate that. No, I don't want to do it. I pitch it to my friend Jay who owns Mogo. And Jay's like, dude, I think that would do really well. Uh, in Asbury on the boardwalk, I think there's a spot coming up. He puts us in touch with Matt's Marquette. Pretty much, we're dragging Terrence along. My wife's like backing us. My wife's like, she's business. She she's very very smart. She she knows, she knows business. That you know, she's a boss. Um, finally, get Terrence on board. You know, Sandy happens. Blah blah. blah. It, it takes us forever, but like, Matt Marquette's like, all right, we want you guys in. So we end up opening June thirtieth of. 2013 like right into fourth of july weekend it was nuts but like we we just oh we we like we made so many mistakes in the beginning but you know we kind of grew and learned and we were doing well enough and we had we had an our product was you know it's good so it it stood like some things like we we thought like we thought it would be like tacos right like people would get like three or four so we priced like real cheap we're like three dollars but like when it comes to sandwiches, like people are getting one or two and being like satisfied. I'm like, oh, it's like the perfect size. You don't need a lot. So like our business plan was like, you know, was shot in the foot right then because like it was like had like 50% less of like revenue that we thought we were going to do. So we had to, you know, pivot, change, do all that stuff. But um, did like, like we didn't fall. Yeah, I guess. Huh. I don't know. It was just something like we kind of faked it till we made it. That's the best way like, sometimes, right. to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. it seems like most yeah. people who have made it really faked it till they kind of made it. And you have that good idea yeah. and you're in a good place. It just kind of goes. Yeah, it's all about having the product, right? And how to market yeah. it. Yep. And like, and we were, you know, oh, go back to the whole like, like ocean. But we were like, we just like, we, we were fluid. We just changed with it. We like recognized we weren't trying to force it. Right, and we saw what worked, and we didn't. And like one of the things was like we try to do late night, you know, and hit the bar crowd. But like our spot, it's horrible, and no one wants cold sandwiches when they're drunk. But what did the boardwalk not have? At, like they didn't have anything for breakfast, so we started opening at eight a.m. and serving pork roll, egg, and cheeses on our small sandwiches, and that was a huge hit, you know. So like it was like, you know, we like saw opportunities and we went for it and we kept on going and. A lot of times, too, those those opportunities happen, and just a just a smart, easy thing, like you said, nobody serves breakfast around here. So what's going to be a hit? You know, in New Jersey, what's going to be a hit for breakfast for the people drinking at the beach in the morning? I have no idea. If I could tell you this now, because even when I go down to South Carolina, you know, we get a lot of people from Jersey down there. Every grocery store has uh, Taylor Ham. Every grocery store carries it now. Listen, pork roll or pork, whatever I, you want to call it. I will. So I am from Belmore. I mean, I'm from Bloomfield. I grew up being it Taylor Ham, right? Or yep, uh, Taylor, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Ham. 
Taylor Ham is the name of the product or of the brand of pork roll. It's this is an age-old art. Age He's old right art. though, because when You're you 100% go, percent right, hundred percent right. When you go to the grocery store in South yeah. Carolina, it says pork roll on it, and then said name. Yeah, but that's what we so call the, it up in North Jersey. That's a, yeah, and I, like and like, it is. It is like a bloodbath. It is bloods versus crips. Like <laughs> people is. will die in the streets over this, but it's. It's literally like the most common sense of like, well, it's like, it's like a Xerox copy, right? No, yeah. it's, it's a photostat copy. Xerox is just a company that made copy machines. You know, exactly. it's like, right. like, it's like Q-tips. Or, yeah, exactly. or people like, saying I'm Googling something and they go on DuckDuckGo. It's like, yeah, you're not Googling <laughs> it. I love that. Yeah. Or my, my favorite is people go, I'm on the Googles. And I'm like, what's the Googles? Can you explain like, this yeah. to in technology? Yeah. But, like, Googles. That, yeah. Um, quick note too. We we ended up on uh, through our social media. We like someone messaged us like, "Hi, we uh, we were the producers of uh, Food Paradise, uh, this Travel Channel show. Like, we would like to have." And we're like, "Bullshit!" Like, whatever. Turns out it's true. They found us on social media. They like liked us. We did this one day special called like the, the Invincible Vince Papali like pork sandwich. And like, this looks great. <laughs> but like, they tried to like make us like do that on the show. And we're like, no, this was a one time. Like. These are our sandwiches, and they came and, you know, I'll send you the link. We yeah, we're uh, we run the oh, we, we run the we travel channel. Oh, we watched watch it. it. We watched it that night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it jumped. So now it's actually on the Food Network, which is crazy. And during the pandemic, they aired it like so. Also, on like on the back end, we always watch numbers. This random April Saturday, our numbers start skyrocketing. We're like, what's going on? And turns out that. Food Paradise jumped to the Food Network and they aired an episode at 12 o'clock on a Saturday and people just went like nuts for it. So like it was this huge, like, you know, people saw it on the Travel Channel, but like the Food Network, you watch that for the food. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, that was big for us too. It, it's pretty funny, you know, like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a place in Baltimore that was on that. That's, I think that same show is like a barbecue place and like, it's always packed, but people don't realize like where it's at in Baltimore. Let alone that it sits like it's an outdoor like little shed place. It sits right next to a strip club. <laughs> Greatest oh, barbecue in the world, though. But like when our towners come there, they're like, eh, "Where are we?" <laughs> but the best barbecue. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's kind of all that stuff in the back end is kind of funny to watch because like they just have to produce content, and like luckily, like you know, our food our food stands but i've gone to some of those places too and you're like mm, i don't know about guy for you well 10th Ed burrito was on uh diners driving dives so like they're next to us too you know it's kind of it's kind of cool but guy Fieri, i love love 10th ave either. man i love 10th yeah. ave burritos man i'm a big fan oh, although i i have some stories about that about burritos in general and locations I, you know donna said to me when i told her that i was talking to you she she goes oh you should tell mark he needs to open a place up here <laughs> in denville i said well, no, if, if, if you opened a place in like like north myrtle or south myrtle oh, oh my god the money you'd be making would be through the roof through the well, roof like th- that's a goal right like i would love like right now like we really roping the oak her spot i want to have another one going at least to get open like we kind of want to open two spots per year for the next five years and then like reevaluate and see where we're going to go from there um but it's crazy like that like you know actually yesterday june 30th was our eight year anniversary of like 
when we first opened the uh, the gates of the first shop and like it's crazy it's 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 actually the longest job I've ever had. I've jumped around for many jobs. I've never even said like, oh, like, like, Hugitos is like my main job. It's always like, I'm a lifeguard or I do this. Oh yeah, yeah I also own Hugitos, but like, oh, well, I've owned Hugitos for uh, eight years now, so I guess that's, that's awesome. uh, hey, that place would right be a killer, it. killer down south. Because one oh, thing there's not a lot of is like smaller shops, kind of like that, like food shops. It's it's, it's either restaurants, like nice good restaurants, like good yeah. sit down places, but there's no in between. It's like if you want to go get a sandwich, you got a like Jersey Mike Subway. I can't believe Jersey Mike. No, South, man, I gotta, I gotta say that I was shocked when I saw that in Stewart, Florida. Kind of crazy. Um, What's up? My, I'm getting a pop up here. Yeah, you broke. Oh, hold on. Let's try that. Uh, we lost Mike. Nope. Uh Can you hear me? There you are. We're going to try without it. uh, We have storms rolling through and I'm getting a network uh, interruption error popping up. Uh, Um, What we're going to do, guys. You get a headache like Brian? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, you're never going to live it down, man. Never. I can't believe it. I was so amped. I was like, I haven't talked to Brian forever. Like, like, what's it do? A part two and get him in here. Yeah, let's do a part yeah. two. I, I want to dive in more. Like, I would love to have the two of you. And even with Joey, since you missed the part of talking about surfing, I, I would love yeah. to talk about big wave surfing and, um, you know, kind of what the evolution of that's going to look like. And Brian did get a chance to surf, scoot and surf down at the American Dream, American Dream uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So he'd love to talk a little bit about that and uh, how kind of cool. I've, I did that. I've Yeah, I've surfed that pool twice. Funny story is, I beat Will Scooten twice in the sea paddle. So did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like Highlander. I think I actually own the the surf school now because I beat him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I've known Will for a little bit. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he is, man. The Scooten brand is so fucking strong. They're uh, just what they do out there, and uh, he's in Rockaway, I believe, right? Like, so they have right. like. They have the, the they have the Hurley Surf School. They have swim a swim school. They have they have everything. They they've been at it for a really long time. And Will's a great guy. And it's actually he went to Dream America and was like, like, do you guys know the the backstory of the wave pool? I, I not really. It, it, I when I first saw his name, with I was kind of shocked. I, I knew so when it was right, built. So I'll tell you, it wasn't built to be a wave pool. It, it was built it was like for their their splash park and will knows the guys like i forget like wave america whatever let's say I, it's not the name but that's like the company that builds these he realized like 10 years ago when they built it it's by the same company so he went to that company he's like hey like the pool you built in new jersey like can that actually make waves and they like like yeah i can so he goes to dream america and he's like listen you have a wave pool on your hands that you don't even know about like let me run the wave pool so that's why if, if you go there it's either in the morning before the park opens or after the park closes and See, he runs scoot and wait like the, the the wave pool then yeah i figured it was something like that because i did notice all the sessions seem like early morning or later like yeah, yeah because it's yeah. it's in like like you're in there and there's like there's like uh you know how to train my dragon like roller coaster ride going on like it's a, <laughs> it's a normal park it's kind of weird and like right. But um, 
and also like it's all concrete so like you can like really damage your board because like they didn't build it to like for like padding or anything because it wasn't like in dream america's head it wasn't designed for this but they kind of found this other thing and i think like during covid and everything like they're the only reason like that mall was kind of still like relevant because exactly they could they could run it during all that shit yeah. Well, a complete backstory on American Dream. So for those of you who are not aware, American Dream is uh, this massive mall here in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which is just on the outskirts of Manhattan. Um, it is something that's been in development since, geez, I think we were in like high school at the time. Oh, so like so 2000. Yeah. I interviewed for a job there when I graduated college because I went to school for recreation and leisure studies, aka tourism. And I was told I have a job waiting for me as like some sort of facilities management, whatever, because I had a background in running rinks, uh, ice rinks. So they're like, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll be open in like two years, you know, you know, two years is our opening day, blah, blah, blah. So I it was interviewed before I, before I graduated, I graduated and they still hadn't even like fully built the building yet. And it was just something that happened for, you know, tw- better part of 20 years, right? Pretty much. Yeah. It took a long, really- I remember first hearing about that thing and it was, before was, I came lived with you guys, it, it was, it was long, called. Yeah. It was called Xanadu. Then it changed hands, and it changed hands again. And now it's the American Dream, and it's finally open, um, partially. And I will say, you know, as a fisherman, I I was really hoping, and I'm still hoping that they put a Bass Pro Shops in there. Um, the mm. I, what I heard was that they were going to do that, and they were going to put a pool in there with fish, and you can kind of test the equipment, which would be super awesome. Imagine being able to do that, go skiing because they do have a, uh, a ski oh, yeah, hill yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, the yeah the hill in there and everything. I always forget about that. That, that place is huge. Well, they have a, they have an ice rink as well, like a movie theater. Like it was weird too, because like we went the first wave, first time we went was in February, and like the mall really wasn't open. Like they're walking us through this like closed mall. Again, like this tour, it's like super kind of like eerie because it's like, you know, like everything's shut down, but it's like this like it's this huge mall, and you're walking through, yeah. and all of a sudden you come into this pool. And then the second time I went, it was open, and that was even weird because you're walking around a mall with your surfboard and stuff, and it was weird too. The first time I went, the splash park hadn't been open. Second time I went, it was, and. It's a saltwater pool, but you can definitely tell the first time we went, it was saltwater. It was fine. Second time, they're definitely like shocking the hell out of it because like my eyes were burning afterwards. There was like just so much chlorine. It was like, oh, and the water, the the buoyancy of the water, like it doesn't, it's not very buoyant because, you know, saltwater floats you a lot better. Saltwater pool doesn't float as great, but like chlorine, like you're sinking kind of. So like you you could tell the difference like even because i rode the same board and i was sinking a little bit more i didn't have as much buoyancy on it like i was digging my rails in the beginning um so I, you know they're still i they're still trying to find a happy medium I think. that might be because of what happened with the, the bsr park you know that oh one first, yeah the, the, uh, the amoeba oh. that's right i forgot about so i that. think some places yeah. got freaking out i mean that's 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 like a freak thing to ever happen if you can get just swimming in a pond or a river so I'm wondering if these places are just pumping so much more chlorine in there just to really yeah, not take the chance of letting that happen. Yeah, because the second time because, I went was April. So COVID was still a, yeah. you know, a thing, I guess you would say. Maybe that's it too. Yeah, Maybe that's why they're yeah. pumping even more. I, I, I don't know, but it'd be sweet because I know Typhoon Lagoon, I think, in Disney, I think, I'm pretty sure it's all salt. Yeah. yeah, it's salt. But it's, it's, it's like 
like the the house we just sold like i put a salt water system in and it's not like it's not like an ocean salt it you know you're literally putting uh like like salt, salt in right yeah. and like you you know like science 101 like salt is actually can produce chlorine so like it produces its own chlorine it keeps the levels consistent instead of like you having to add chlorine and shock it all the time so it just keeps it level but uh you know it it's still a little bit different but it's it's a nicer feel than a chlor like just straight chlorine yeah. like it, it it's more fresh feeling it goes through like my mother's neighbors they, they had a saltwater pool and that was the one big deal they always spoke about so they don't have to put as much chlorine in there they don't have to put as much shock blah 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 yeah i don't know hopefully they get that tweaked a little bit well like i said we'll have to get brian on and you can talk stories about surfing that and kind of what they're doing and i I think it's cool like uh, (laughs) i mean i would have postponed if i knew he was gonna have a headache tonight like all right if we we all knew he was gonna (laughs) let's let's do this all right so we'll we'll get you back on um we'll shoot for next week. We can kind of talk surfing. Uh, I know we dwelled a lot on, on the paddling and, you know, I, um, I think as an aside, you know, and not really an aside from the deepest, darkest part of my heart, I, you know, I'm glad M is, is doing well. And it's kind of interesting how that oh. like this adversity kind of brings us to where we are today and um, pushes us to, to do things and, uh, you know, nothing but love for you guys. Um, and I want to get your shop down south. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you guys would. I, I'm telling you, you guys would kill it there because the pizzerias that they do have there that are like locally, like a, a family owned and not like a big neighborhood, kill it. But there's no. You know, I've been going down there for I'm on 40 since I was 10. I can't really recall a good family run sandwich shop, you know. Or yeah, it well. Again, again, we're not like your typical like deli no. where like there's yeah. I know. I know what you're saying. Um. But yeah, so that's why we're, we have to like, we're expanding, but we have to control the expansion to make sure we can control the product. So that exactly, yeah. the further we go out, it's still the same product. So, you know, it's, it's a little trial by fire. It's, you know, it's walk before you run, but you know, that, that would be great. That would be the goal. Um, like I, everyone knows Plyables, right? Plyables started a year after us in Belmar and they're huge mm-hmm. and I'm fortunate enough. I talk to Rob from Plyables quite often about things, and he's always like, "Oh, like let, let me. I want to buy a shop. I want to be the first one to franchise." I'm like, "All right, Rob. Like, <laughs> like just, just relax." But like, okay, like I'm coming to you first. So are you? Are you? I, I know Michael's. We're trying to wrap up. But are you? Are you try? Are you going to franchise eventually and do? I don't know. The goal is, like I said, two shops for the next like. And then go four from to there. five years and kind of see there. I mean, there's either like we sell to uh, like a private equity firm we sell, or we go franchise or we just, you know, we just grow ourselves and keep it uh, private. So th- there's many options. My wife, my wife went to Warden. She got her master's there. She's, she's business. She knows it she, all. She, like, she knows her business, business, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Warden. Well, that's, that's, yeah. well, she, that's a good thing. Yeah, to she's have. a partner she's a partner at McKinsey. So like she's a consultant. So she just, she knows how to, you know, tell people how to run their jobs. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a good wife to have. I mean, cause she can keep you in check, you know, and help you with the other stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. That's a good yeah, partnership. She, well, she, yeah, she was, she was one of the owners. Um, unfortunately like McKinsey, you're not allowed to have like own any businesses. So she had to sell her shares to Terrence oh. and I. So, we're just 50 50 now, but 
she ever left there, you know, we would just give her back her. Uh, right. Her I mean, she is your I mean, wife. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, technically, I mean, yeah. what's what's half yours is half hers anyway. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, Mark, well, all right. Again, so man, let's totally let's plan on doing act. next week, man. Let's let's do it. Yeah, let's, free. Well, let's try it. I, I, we could try to plan it and get make sure B can do it and just nail B down he, to the death he, he, he knew the day and time, man. We t- I told him, like... Uh, I will harass the fuck out of him. Like, dude, <laughs> you give us a day and time. Is he no, like, oh, no, no. He, he really... he He's in Manhattan working now, so... Just, so. He's in the rat race. Oh, well, we all... Have exactly. I mean, come on. We, gotta, we have to live by point break, okay? I, I've tried to tell him this for God knows how many years since the movie came out, and he finally <laughs> just stopped listening to me, and look what happened, you know? Well, let's so. let's do this, guys. Let's wrap up. It's an hour 30. Right, yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Mark, always oh, a pleasure. Man. We'll get you back next week. We'll Joe, thanks for having me on here, man. Yeah, it was great catching yeah. up, man, and hearing a little bit awesome. about your paddling, uh, paddling stories and working your way through that. Uh, Joe? Safe travels yeah. as you're heading south, right? Cool. Yeah, next time we talk and we have B on the phone, I will be down south in the tropical weather. So the dirty, dirty. Oh, nice. Where are you going? Our place in South Carolina. Oh, so, sick. Yeah, be sick. So next, right, we'll get guys. B on and just let us know when you're ready, and we'll we'll do another one. All right, all, all right, I'll sounds get good, a, guys. Get so on the we'll calendar. Later, dude. All right, later. Later.